0: The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church.
1: Jesus, the holy child we celebrate this season. He is the answer to all of our questions. The yes to all of God's promises. The amen to all of our prayers. The giver of all of our blessings. He is the forgiver of all of our sins, no matter how dark they may be, the savior of all who trust in him. My family were all from the Netherlands. I was raised in an environment of mostly atheists and humanists. A few would say they were Christians, but there was no life evidence. They never spoke of Jesus and they never went to church. There were no Christian examples for my sisters and I to learn from. There is understandably a much larger story behind the few words that I'll share with you this evening, but I will focus on what is most important. My parents and my uncles were market gardeners and we all lived close to the Birds Hill area. When I was about eight years old, our dad started to take us to Sunday school. It was to Grant Memorial Baptist Church, good choice, when it was downtown on Colony Street. Our parents gave us each a Bible. Dad would drop us off and he would pick us up every Sunday for those few months we attended. I loved those Sundays, learning about God and so many Bible stories. Unfortunately, we did not continue attending. However, I believe God used my Sunday school teacher in pointing me to Jesus. I believe he used Billy Graham on TV. And months later, that cherished old hymn, the old rugged cross, in the Alliance Church that morning, to soften my heart and bring me to Christ. I was 29 years old when I got down on my knees in our bedroom and I cried out to God. I was a blind, sick soul at that age, desperately in need of forgiveness and in need of a savior. At that time, I didn't understand any of that. I didn't know Jesus came as a babe to die for me personally. All I knew was that I was desperately unhappy and I knew something was very wrong with me and that God had the answers for what I needed. I was genuinely tired of life at that young age. I learned as I knelt by my bed that day in tears that a person does not have to have any knowledge As to how to pray. A person just needs a broken heart to cry out to God and then allow his Holy Spirit to do all the rest that needs doing. And then he does it, one step at a time. It was on October the 1st, 1970, when I experienced my greatest miracle. There on my knees by my bed, In our little apartment, only a few months after Earl and I were married, I was instantly cleansed and set free. I became a new creation in Christ Jesus. The Lord literally lifted the weight of my grief, my pain, my burden of sin, and filled me with his peace. I will always be so very grateful to him. I felt spiritually healed and I became hungry for his word. I now wanted to get to know my new best friend, Jesus. My old King James Version Bible, was the Bible my parents gave us, which had no concordance in it, became of growing importance to me. I loved that book where God spoke to me. Most of my old friends didn't want anything to do with me anymore because my appetite for living became so radically changed. I desired to grow in my knowledge of prayer. I wanted to learn how to pray. I would take the bus every Wednesday after work from Eaton's Polo Park to the Alliance Church in East Transcona where Earl and I were attending. So I could be a part of their prayer group. I so wanted to hear other believers in Jesus pray. So I could grow in my prayer life and in his word with them. In Psalm one nineteen one o five, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Jesus says also in John 6, he says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. I will always be grateful that God was relentless in convicting me of sin and for drawing me to himself that day and that I chose, I emphasize the word chose, through that spiritual struggle to cry out to him and ask him to make me well. Satan had such a grip on me as I was on my knees. I thought What do I do? Choose the same path of least resistance and hang on to the world's ways. It's easier doing that Or do I choose the path that I know nothing about the path that required a blind faith? I'm so thankful I chose the path of faith in God that day I have learned that Satan fights to the bitter end to keep us in his grip. It has been a challenging journey of trust as the Christian walk is never easy. As every follower of Christ knows, it demands a constant daily discipline in God's Word and in prayer. I never wanted our children or our grandchildren. To ever go through what I went through and I pray every day that the Lord will keep them growing in their faith walk Hebrews 11 verse 25 tells us the pleasures of sin only last for a season a season as we all know is so brief so fleeting and so unpredictable joy peace and hope only be found in Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, our risen Savior, who we are now celebrating, and I want to add our soon-coming King. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Amen. It's good to hear everybody singing tonight. My name is Terry. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, before I open my little uh, lunchbox, I'm going to ask you, how many, uh, I can hardly see you, but how many are real tree people? Put up your hand, real tree. Oh good, there's still some of us left. <laughs> I, I guess the rest of you are either no tree or artificial trees, so by virtue of that, but uh, for most of our married life, we've, we've had real trees. It was a little more difficult in Bolivia. We had one year that we actually made our way into some countryside place where they were selling real trees, but uh, we decided not to do it again. And this year, because of some of the stuff that we've been going through, we decided not to do a real tree. And uh, the one thing that is a constant, though, is, are all the ornaments that we put on the artificial or the real tree every year. And I brought some of them with me from our jank tree and uh, thought I would share with you some of them. And, and Pat. Pat will correct me later, or the kids will, but I can't remember. Anyway, this one, a little green uh, felt tree, it says ho, ho, ho on it. I think this was Jonathan, our youngest, that made that, and I can't remember how old he was. I know that this one, it says, baby's first Christmas. That was when Emily was born, many years ago, in 1987. Um, and uh, I think also Jonathan made... This pine cone glued together with googly eyes and uh, bow tie. And we still hang that on our tree. And uh, this, this one made of safety pins and an angel that, that one of the kids made. This is Joel or Jonathan that made the macaroni uh, special painted gold. And, and these, these are incredibly valuable. And then our... Um, <laughs> One of my favorites, too, is our, our time in Bolivia. All this is a little llama. And we have a whole bunch of these. And we usually have to limit how many we can put on the tree. And I mean, we also have a wee little doll, a cholita doll, which we put right inside the tree. And all of these, uh, of course, all of these are not of much monetary value, are they? They're, 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 I'm not going to put them on Kijiji and get much. Uh, um, but they're certainly of great value to us, to Pat and I and to our children, because of uh, who made them and what, we, we assign a value to them, don't we? And I'm sure you have many in, on your tree at home that it's an assigned value. And uh, in these last several weeks in our church, we have been studying what it means to be created in the image of God. And the, 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 the center of that doctrine Of the fact that we every human is created in the image of God means that regardless of whether you've got a broken wing or whether you've got uh, half your fur missing or whether whatever kind of condition you are uh, however deficient you are physically mentally emotionally spiritually that you are created in the image of God and that's what gives you value. That's, that's the teaching that we believe the sanctity of human life is built on. And we, we believe that's so very important. I, uh, several weeks ago, we, we told the story of Jesus. One day, Jesus was walking, and some of the religious leaders were trying to trap him. And so they said to him, uh, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? And you remember the story. Jesus said, well, bring me a coin. And so someone brought him a coin. It was a denarius. It's a, basically a coin in the Roman world that was one day's wage. And so they brought it to him, and he said, whose image and whose inscription is on that coin? And someone on the crowd, they said, Caesar's. And so then Jesus simply said, well, then render unto Caesar's that which is Caesar's, and unto God that which is God's. And, of course, if that, if that particular coin that somebody brought to Jesus that day 2,000 years ago would have been a a coin that was really smudged and maybe the inscription of Caesar's head was hardly noticeable, whether maybe the the actual name Caesar was hardly readable, it still would have been worth what? One day's wage, denarius. And that's a picture of how God's image stamped upon you and I is, is, is the same in each case, each one of us, regardless of how broken by sin we are how marred we are by those that have sinned against us or by us who have sinned and brought our own shame upon us we are of immense value and it hasn't changed it hasn't changed from the day the moment you were conceived god's value placed on you it's an assigned value To me, this is one of the very foundations of the Christian message. So often we hear that the the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is is the, the response to the bad news. And we forget that if we go back further in the scriptures, in the Bible, it begins with good news before there was bad news. So often when we're talking to people, we just talk about bad news, and if they ever accept the bad news, then we can tell them the good news. But the good news is the starting point, and that is that every human being is created in the image of God and has deep worth all by themselves. And it's Christ's intent to bring back that glory and that worth that His image is stamped upon that person with. And so so th- this Christmas, as I think about what Jesus did, I'm particularly interested in thinking about all the ways that brokenness of image bearers has resulted in, whether it's physical brokenness or disease and illness or mental brokenness, mental illness, whether it's someone who's in prison and, and is, is their life has shrunk down to a, an eight-foot cell, or whether it's someone who is in a foreign country and and maybe it's somebody that is is just suffering all kinds of grief right now at christmas uh, however life has shrunk god loves you god loves that person you're thinking about and it hasn't changed there's deep immense worth upon you in fact it says it says in the bible that god didn't wait for you to kind of polish yourself off and bring yourself up to a bit of an image-bearing creature he didn't say, well, well, when you get to 5% of my glorious image, then I'll, then I'll send my son. No, he didn't do that. It says in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrates his love in this, that while we were still sinners, broken image bearers, God sent his son, Jesus Christ. And that's what, that's what Christmas is. It's this incredible incarnation, God the eternal one, confining himself to a human body so that he could go to the cross of calvary die in our place and offer us redemption and begin that work that happened in 1970 for frida that work where god becomes resident in someone through faith and begins to polish that image begins by his holy spirit to actually bring back more and more of the image of god and the incredible attributes of God that he wants us to live out. Love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. You know, every, every year at the Jank home, we, we get to about January the 2nd or 3rd. And we take everything off the tree, don't we? Do you do that at home around then? Get to the new year? And you put them back in the box. And you put the box away. And you don't see it for a year. And... Somehow it's, it's out of sight. You know, sometimes we do that with our charity, don't we? We do that with our, our good works, our good deeds. We, we come out at Christmas and we feel like, well, we need to do something beyond ourselves. We feel guilty because we're enjoying such abundance and supply, and, and so we do something at Christmas. But I wanted to encourage you tonight. I wanted to th- ask you, would you take that and extend it to all year long? Instead of allowing the people that are kind of visible for you at Christmas because you decided to go beyond the us for and no more kind of Christmas and, and minister to a prisoner or a shut-in or a, an elderly person or, or do something beyond what you normally do, why, why, don't you, why don't we continue that all year long? Why don't we make the visible visible all year instead of invisible? And uh, this evening, when you were coming in, I hope, did you get one of these little Christmas ornaments? Did you get one? Could you bring it out and just hold it your, in your hands right now? And what I'd, I'd like to do this evening is, I'd like you to assign a value to this representation of a person. This little ornament, it, it could easily get broken, It could easily get lost. I know it's only worth pennies, but it could be worth so much more if you will assign worth to this little, this particular ornament that you received this evening, Christmas Eve, 2019. I've kind of had a head start, didn't I? Because I was sharing this evening, so I, I already have decided that for me, this little green ornament that I hope I don't lose Is going to represent my mother-in-law because my mother-in-law right now is closer to the brink of immortality than she has ever been and struggling with dementia physical infirmity and and it's been a real journey for our family especially for pat and i to get her moving out out of her apartment get her panel get her into a nursing home and so on and I just want to be the best son-in-law I can be to her. And I just want to make sure that I help her finish well. Whatever that means. So this, this little ball in my hand represents my mother-in-law that I will be praying for tonight. I want to ask you, what, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you want your little ornament to represent? Is there a person that right now comes to mind? I would ask you to think about that right now. Someone who has gone through a very difficult year, perhaps. Someone that immediately God the Spirit brought that person to mind, and this is going to represent that person tonight for you, and if you will be willing to for years to come, perhaps. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to stand with me now. Would you rise and stand with me with this little ornament in your hand? And um, Again, this this is only an inexpensive little ornament, not worth much, but if you would assign value to it, it could change the way you pray in the coming year for this person. It could change the way that you take yourself out of your own life and comfort zone to actually minister to this person in the coming year in a way that's gonna make eternity different for them. So I'm gonna ask that you would just think of a person and now I'm going to ask that you'd let me pray for that person as I lift all of the people up that are in our mind's eye tonight would you let me pray now let's pray and now God our Heavenly Father we just thank you we thank you Lord for this evening and I believe Holy Spirit that you are present tonight would you come And if someone right now in this room hasn't even got a clue who to think about would you bring to their mind somebody right now we hold that person in our mind today tonight we hold them up to you we hold them up to you oh god they need your touch they are an image bearing creature they are your image bearer they're a human created in your image with immense worth and value and, and we want to help that image return oh God whatever they have struggled through we want them to come alongside of them and let them have hope and let them have love and let them know that they matter that their their presence on earth makes a difference Lord God, would you help us to be those kind of people, those kind of ambassadors for Jesus Christ. I pray that tonight, Lord, every individual that is being lifted up to you in our minds tonight, that this coming year, 2020, will be different because of this evening and because of our praying and our loving of them in the coming year. Jesus, would you do that? Oh God, for your glory in this person's life, would you do that? that you might change history for this reason. Thank you in Jesus' name for each one of them, and for each one who holds up the ornament. May a blessing be found in this for them. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated.